What is up, guys? Welcome into episode 17 of From the Box Office. Vince and Mike here. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about Into, or into Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, new 2023 movie. Um, not to spoil anything, but one that I'm sure me and Mike are both going to uh, have beaming positive reviews of. Uh, yes. It, yeah, so I'll save that for when it comes. But as always, we'll let Mike start us off with some... Uh, news from the entertainment world yeah let's start it off some marvel news uh more bad news uh we had jonathan majors a couple months ago and still ongoing and this week we got tina cuerta who uh played namor in uh black panther wakanda forever he was accused of sexual assault by uh, maria elena rios who is a musician and social activist uh, she was, has like a crazy acid burn uh Stuff like that. I don't know. I've never heard of her, but it seems like a pretty big deal. Uh, not looking good for Tinoch. No, uh, Marvel's got to be just pissed between, uh, you know, this and the Jonathan Majors accusations. Um, same nice. thing as I said about Jonathan Majors, I'll say here. Um, you know, if it really sucks if this is true. Beyond sucks. Um, I hope that, you know, we find out one way or another what the facts are here. And... Um, I, I I don't know what Marvel is going to do as far as his character as well, because mm. um, he he was great, you know. He, he was, was very awesome. good. He's very uh, good as Namor in that movie. Yeah, I'd say uh, uh, next to Angela Bassett in that movie, he was those were top two, top two in that movie. He carried. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with that. So, uh, who knows? Hopefully, we'll find out the truth about this whole uh, situation as soon as we possibly can. And if he did it, then yeah, he should be held responsible to the fullest extent um yeah yeah i don't know what marvel's gonna do but we got some positive dc news uh it seems that batman the brave and the bold has found their director uh andy muschietti uh he did it um he's the the flash that's coming out next week uh he's confirmed to be the top choice uh but a formal agreement will not be made or announced until after the writer's strike is resolved andy muschietti Tell you what, they must think that they have a hit in the Flash because mm-hmm. you wouldn't just give this job to anyone, um, especially you know Batman. Listen, Superman is the one that James Gunn is really uh, nailing in because he's he is the face of DC kind of, and he's the one that hasn't been gotten right yet, like for a long time. But Batman is their their most popular superhero right now. Uh, yes. It's an undeniable fact that Batman is the cash cow. Batman brings puts asses in seats. So you would not just give that to anybody. So they must really think that this Flash movie is uh, something. He must have been really impressed. So, I mean, that makes me a little more excited even to see the Flash because it must be like, oh, damn, he really must have knocked it out of the park to be mm-hmm. given a, a huge, huge task with Batman the Brave and the Bold. Yeah, I know uh, it hasn't been getting favorable reviews from critics. I think it's sitting somewhere in the 70s on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. But I know James Gunn, uh, when he first saw it, he was saying it was one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen. Uh, Muschietti, with that horror background, could uh, be pretty good for Batman, I think, with the uh, kind of like the serious, darker undertones that we're used to. Um, But also huge, huge shoes to fill. Um, the last four Batman movies have all been incredible. Yeah. The Dark Knight Trilogy plus Reeves, the Batman. As we get further along with, uh, you know, news and updates about these DC properties, man, I'm just still so excited to get to the casting mm-hmm. part of it all. I mean, I, I think obviously speaking at this point, they're going with a semi-older Batman. I mean, I don't think that should come as a shock considering in this movie he's going to be working with son. his child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're... You, if you're talking about Damien is Robin, he's got to be at least, what, like 13 years old? I think he started at like 11 or 12 in the okay. comics. Um, but I, I would think they would age him up so it doesn't look kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, you're working like with a 16-year-old, I'd say, yeah. He's, he's got to be at least late 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting, especially, you know, the dichotomy between that and they want to go with a younger Superman. But, like... Once the castings come out for, you know, who's going to play Damien, who's going to play Bruce Wayne, who's going to play Clark Kent slash Superman, like, these are all things that I'm very, very excited for. Yeah, who's going to play Superman? Well, we know there's going to be some screen tests this week. Uh, Nicholas Holt 
David Cornsweet, who we know from uh, We Own This City, uh, the HBO Max original miniseries, and Tom Brittany, who I don't know. Uh, he's the star of Grant Chester, a TV show I've never heard of, and then a movie Greyhound that is streaming on Apple TV Plus with Tom Hanks. Haven't out seen of it those, either. Out of those three, I, I'd prefer Cornsweet. Just because yes. I, Nicholas Holt is a, a great actor, but I just he doesn't don't have the look. He, yeah, he doesn't have the look of Superman. So I would, and I think Corsweat has the look uh, mm-hmm. big time. And, you know, he's a pretty, pretty good actor from what we've seen. I haven't seen like a whole, whole lot, but it look, he look, he looks pretty good from what I've seen. And I, I just don't think Nicholas Holt uh, is meant to do like that kind of property. I don't know. I feel like Nicholas Holt is more suited for like, I know he did just do Renfield. So like, I guess just more suited for other kinds of roles in my opinion. Yeah, I do love Nicholas Holt and everything he's been in. Uh, Renfield, I really like, enjoyed. The Menu like more, was awesome. I was going to say, more roles like The Menu, like that kind of stuff. He's a very good like dramatic actor with a little tone of comedy sometimes. Um, yeah, Corn Sweat, I only know from We Own This City, but he has a look. Tom Brittany, I have no idea who he is, but he also has that same you know, uh, you know, chiseled jaw look. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get some screen tests this week. I'm sure those. I guess they got to start announcing some castings uh, within the next few months, I would imagine. Um, but not only Superman screen tests, there are some screen tests for Lois Lane occurring as well. Uh, Emma Mackey, who was who starred in Sex Education, Death on the Nile, and is in the upcoming Barbie film. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, who had a supporting role in House of Cards. She's uh, a star of Marvelous Miss Maisel. And then Phoebe... Dynavore, I don't, I don't know who she is, but she's a star in Bridgerton. Um, they will all audition for the role of Lois Lane this week. Yeah, I can't really speak to this one. I'm not that familiar with much yeah, of the work. I don't, work, but, don't um, know any of them. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, this is just a blanket statement, and it's kind of a cop out. But I just trust James Gunn with this kind of stuff. I mean, I feel yeah. like the the Guardians was a perfect casting all around. Uh, his version of the Suicide Squad was pretty electric and great. And I know that a lot mm-hmm. of the casting had already been done. Like Margot Robbie as uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was already like a thing in before he got there, but mm-hmm. I just feel like I trust him. So uh, I'm sure that he's going to pick the right person for all of these jobs. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. I'm um, just exciting. Finally get some news. Um, you know, some, Absolutely. you know, like their top three of who they're considering stuff like that. Uh, last news in DC, James Gunn announced that members of the Authority will be introduced in Superman Legacy. Uh, the Authority, another comic book group that I am not familiar with, but we know he, that was one of the projects announced in that uh, the chapter one or phase one, whatever whatever they called it. Um, gods and Monsters. Yes, Gods and Monsters, chapter one, I believe. Um, so the Authority, uh, I guess we'll learn some more about them in... Uh, the Superman film. Yeah, like you said, I don't really know anything about them, so I guess it'll be nice to get a little uh, introduction to them before yeah. they get their own property. Um, I, do you have any idea? Are they villains or heroes? I forget. I think they're like heroes of some sort. Okay. Um, yeah, that, it's gonna be interesting to see how this all works because I'm assuming we're getting another Superman origin story with this movie. I, 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 is that how it's going? I'm not sure. I know that he's going younger for the Superman. Um, Either way, I don't. I, I'm interested to see how the plot comes together. I know that it's based off the comic, but I haven't actually read the comic yet. Yeah, I think Superman Legacy is based on All Star Superman. All-Star, I think yeah. they said. I don't at least think. It's an inspiration. Yeah, I don't think it's an origin story. Um, but I'm sure they'll like maybe throw like a little flashback in here or there. I'm Listen, not really I sure. Actually, I would prefer you know skipping the origin story. We so already know. We've seen it, it a million it times. Goes, it goes the same way for Spider-Man and Batman as well, which is why I like that the last two uh, iterations of live-action Batman and Spider-Man, you know, Tom Holland's MCU Spider-Man and uh, Matt Reeves, Robin, Robert Pattinson's Batman, mm-hmm. they've skipped over the origin story. Part. I love that part, yeah. It's like you've we know what happens. How many times do we need to see those pearls spill or how many times mm-hmm. do we need to see Uncle, Uncle Ben, ben die? Yeah. Uh, it Spider bite. I feel the same way with Superman. We know... What happens? We know that he's from a planet that uh, whatever happened to it exploded or whatever. He got sent here. Uh, we all know that. At least mm-hmm. Most people do. So I feel like you could benefit from just starting, you know, a little later in life. Maybe, you know, start right before he takes up the mantle. You know, he's already living 
Um, he's he's a little bit older. He's already living with the Kents, and he's grown, and he's getting ready to become Superman. Like that would be interesting. Like you said, you don't need every single thing to be an origin story, especially when it's one of the most well known comic book characters, if not the most well known comic book character ever. Mm-hmm. My I, get, I get I get origin stories for like you know like I'm just gonna use an example off the top of my head like a Moon Knight like in that show like yes. I get like a, an origin story for him. Or for like Miss like Marvel. Miss Marvel. But like, yeah. you don't She-Hulk. need an origin story for like Superman, Spider Man, Batman. Ne- like, you just next don't Fantastic need it. Four, we would, we don't need it. I don't want it. Just give, just show them to me. Exactly. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, some Star Wars news. They announced a new open world game titled Star Wars Outlaws, uh, coming in 2024, set between the events of. Empire and Return of the Jedi players are going to step into the role of Kay Vess, a female clever scoundrel in the galactic underworld. Uh, that looks very cool. I saw the uh, like the cinematic trailer. Um, they did release gameplay today, like over 10 minutes. I didn't get to tune into that quite yet. It looked pretty cool. That's just an interesting time period to set it between. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it's a, it's a very much people do like between revenge of the sith and a new hope or they do after return of the jedi so doing a project anything between the time period of uh the empire strikes back within a trilogy yeah like that's that's honestly interesting because then it opens you up to like are there going to be like effects of the actual uh actions of the movie like in the background and Mm -hmm. you know i mean i guess it's like one thing you know i guess in between empire and return of the jedi like you know, the Death Star has been destroyed or whatever, and the Empire is, like, I guess kind of on its last legs. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. I've just, yeah, I've never, we haven't seen any other projects that take place in between two of the movies, really, like, especially, like, games or TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd assume, they said Tat- Tatooine, of course, is one of the uh, playable well, planets. Would it be a Star Wars project if Tatooine wasn't at the forefront? Exactly. And with so much of it taking place in... They're saying criminal underworld, maybe some job of the hut, you know. But other than that, uh, I didn't watch any of the gameplay, so I'm not entirely sure what else there's. I gotta, I gotta check that out. I didn't know it came out today like that. Yeah. Uh, trailer Xbox had like they announced like 15 games yesterday, and this was one of the one of the ones included. Um, looks pretty cool. You know, I'll never say no to an open world Star Wars game. Uh, so very excited for that. Uh, the Witcher. Uh, remind me, have you seen Witcher or no? I have played not. The games? And you have? Have you played the, any of the games? No, I'm a I'm a Witcher virgin, but I got you. On one day, getting into at least at least the video games or the show, maybe both. Season three uh, showed their first trailer. Uh, part one of season three is going to release on June 29th, while part two releases July 27th. Kind of like that Stranger Things split. Uh, last season of Henry Cavill who will be leaving uh, post-season three due to, you know, creative differences with the showrunners based on source material and, you know, adhering to that source material. Uh, Liam Hemsworth will step into that role for season four and beyond, if there is a beyond. Uh, But me, I love The Witcher. I love the video games. I started reading the books. Seasons one and two, I absolutely love. I'm just a huge fantasy uh, genre fan in general, as we all know, yeah. Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, two of my favorite properties of all time. Uh, this is just a role that Henry Cavill's born into. Like, he was made for it, just like Superman. The sword play is off the charts. He's just, he's awesome as Geralt of Rivia. And it's going to be sad to see him go. Um, that's, that's really all I have to say on it. Uh, excited to see... Uh, what's her name? Freya Allen as Siri. You know, take another step towards, uh, you know, what we see in The Witcher Three, the Wild Hunt video game. We know the Wild Hunt is going to be a part of this season, so I'm very excited. Uh, my favorite Netflix, probably like my top three favorite Netflix show. Right on. Uh, and they did drop a pretty shitty Witcher Blood Origins like prequel story yeah, about I, the first I Witcher. Was, I heard pretty bad. Didn't like that. Very sad. Uh, Michelle Yeoh deserved better. Um, But next we have a new Apple TV movie titled Mayday starring Ryan Reynolds and Kenneth Branagh. Uh, They were both cast in this film directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, 
so they were the directing duo of Game Night, which I know we are both fans of, and they did Dungeons, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, that released earlier this year. Uh, Game Night, probably one of the more underrated comedy films of the 2010s, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I feel like I never hear people talk about it, and it was very funny. Uh, yeah. We always talk. We always go back and talk about the, the one of the funniest jokes in the whole. Jesse uh, movie. Plemons yeah. is fantastic in that movie. Uh, how was that profitable for Frito Lay? Yeah, it's, one it's of the, the best. One of the funniest moments in movies in like the last ten years is it's just the delivery of that line is so fucking it's fantastic. Funny. But it doesn't sound funny at all if you explain it to someone. But you're just like, yeah, you have, you have to watch. watch. You have to watch the scene. I agree. Um, I also was a big fan of that Dungeons and Dragons movie. It was a lot better than it had any right to be. Uh, John Francis Daly, uh, we all know him as the, he was one of the kids from Freaks and Geeks, and now he's, you know, becoming a pretty solid director. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be like comedy in the same vein as the as previous two, but I have some mild excitement for it. Uh, and Apple TV has been on a heater recently, so... If you say app right now, if you say Apple TV, I'm all the way in. They haven't right. missed in the last, like this 2023, they haven't missed. Yeah, they've been good. The director is pretty decent. So, like, let's see what they got. Yeah. Uh, we got Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling's prequel to Ocean's Eleven. They announced some uh, details. Uh, they call it an old-fashioned love story and adventure, and it's set during a heist on a yacht during the 1962 Monaco Grand Prix. Are, you you've seen Ocean's Eleven, right? Like yeah, or nay. I've seen I've I believe I've seen them, but like, you know, like I don't remember too much. Like it was definitely a long time ago. Yeah, that's one. Of, uh, when it comes to heist movies, it's I think it's got to be the goat, um, or at least like the blueprint. It's just so goddamn good. It's firmly in my top hundred. Then you attach games like, then you attach Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Like, come on. Come yeah, on. they're two of the best working uh, actors, actresses. So yes, that, that it's hard not to get excited when you hear names like that. Yeah. You know, they they must really like working together. Between that, you know, they got Barbie. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, very excited. Uh, let's see, we got some Wes Anderson news. He's going to start filming his 13th movie later this year. Michael Sarah is going to star in it. Uh, we know Asteroid City's coming out this Friday, I believe, the Hell 16th. Yeah. Uh, I actually might see it opening day. It's, there's not going to be a lot of people. It's, he's not really a, a box office stuffer kind of guy. Um, but his 13th movie going to be in Mike, filming. Michael Sarah starring in a Wes Anderson movie is going to be hilarious. That sounds perfect. I can't it, believe Sarah hasn't been in so one well. yet. Yeah, it works out so well. Michael Sarah feels like he'd be a Wes Anderson guy mm-hmm. so much. He People has that dry, that dry humor, like very very dry delivery kind of like ray fines had in grand budapest or edward norton and all these i I just didn't watch that last week it's so goddamn good (laughs) i can't wait to just hear like what the movie's going to be about Mm -hmm. um listen michael Sarah, wes anderson i'm tuning in that is going to be hilarious yeah then you gotta assume there's going to be like a jason schwartzman maybe some owen wilson all the all the usuals yeah he's got his crew yeah, Willem Dafoe, Adrian maybe a little Adrian Brody. Brody, yeah. So I'm always excited when Wes Anderson announces something. Uh, my last bit of news, it's not really news, I kind of just want to say it, um, just put it on record. Uh, I watched the premiere of The Idol last week, and that <laughs> show yeah, is disgustingly, utterly horrible. It is yeah. like a, a disgrace for HBO to, you know, to put that on primetime. The Sunday night Same. 9 p.m. slot. I don't at the, at the expense of sounding like a prude here. It, it's kind of tasteless. Like yes, it, it comes off very much as just trying to be porn without being porn, and it just adds on to the whole legacy of Sam Levinson being a fucking creep. Yes. Um. It, it just it's over the top sexual. Like I've only seen the first episode and clips from the second. I actually, funny enough, I'm, I might I plan on hate watching second episode after this and yeah. after the finals i want to see um but i've seen clips um and like you know i love him as a musician but the weekend cannot act no it's it's um, able he doesn't go by the weekend anymore he's very adamant able, about that <laughs> able test cannot act um you know in, he was in uncut gems but he played himself yes so it kind of got the slide by on that but uh 
no, not good in this show. Uh, you're talking first five minutes. You got, you know, uh, Lily Rose Depp pulling her boobs out, which, you know, as a straight guy, you're not complaining hey, about it's it. nice to see. I'm not going to lie. Same time, at the same time, it just, like, seems like they're overdoing sexualization thing and i get that's like the point of the show Mm -hmm. but then you remember a couple months ago when that stuff was coming out from behind the scenes that like producers were like saying this is basically torture porn and rape fantasies and shit and it's like this is just weird man and then you just think about all the stuff with sydney sweeney and euphoria and how all listen i am the number one sydney sweeney guy but so many of her like nude scenes like were unnecessary Mm -hmm. and he just comes off as a total weirdo and the show isn't good no, it's bad. I felt like there was something there though in that beginning. It was like a disgraced like pop star like in the in the yeah. news like there I, could be something I, there. I literally think if and this is this is like half the show I'm assuming we haven't seen all of it yet, but there'd be something there if it wasn't for the plot that includes Abel Pesce. Just take him out. I think the show got bad as like soon he, as soon as we see as him, as soon as he showed up, yes. Like you said, I didn't mind the beginning. Uh, the first the twenty that, minutes, I yeah. thought were like, this is kind of cool. Like a you know pop star, we're looking into you know the music industry, and then she goes to the club, and then the Abel's there, and he just with his rat tail just comes off as a complete weirdo. Yeah, I'm assuming he's going to become more prevalent as the season goes on, since he was introduced around midway to late through the first episode. Yeah. Um, the most interesting part, interesting parts of the show were in the beginning, where you were following her team of, of like social people and yeah. that kind of stuff, and like they were working through problems with her, and that was actually like, okay, this ain't too bad. It was once he got intro- introduced, it kind of got weird, and I'm sure yeah. that. From what I've seen in the second episode, it's weird. And I'm going to hate watch it tonight after this just to see how bad it is. Yeah, and it sucks. It's like a low-key stacked cast. It was like Rachel Sinat in a supporting role. Hank Azaria was one of her, like her manager or something. Uh, Jane yeah. Adams, I saw. Eli Roth. Like, I mean, what this the hell? To be, this is a rare HBO primetime miss. I yeah. can't m- imagine they've missed on this primetime slot many times. Yeah, and like the previous run of the HBO primetime slot has been incredible. Succession, yeah. uh, dating all the way back to House of the Dragon, which was over yeah, a year la- ago now. The Last of Us. Yeah, The Last of Us. Uh, Barry was the 10 p.m. Like, is this the fall of HBO? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. But they'll be they'll be back with whatever's next. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Then I just I wanted to touch on the crowded room, the new Tom Holland show. Have you had the chance to check it out yet? I have not. So it has like a twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I was a fan of the first three episodes. I think it's Tom Holland's best acting performance. It's a really cool like psychological thriller. I know we talked about it last episode a little bit. When you say twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, is that critics or fans? Critics. Or both? Critics. Okay. The audience score was ninety one percent last time I checked. Oh wow. Wow, so, man, that's a big discrepancy. I don't know if the critics only watched those three episodes or if they've seen the whole miniseries, but the discrepancy is insane. Yeah, that's always uh, interesting in I don't moments know. like that. I I never know who to trust more because there's plenty of times that I disagree with the audience loving a movie that the critics mm-hmm. hate. There's plenty of times I disagree with the critics loving a movie that audiences hate. Yeah, so it's a little weird, um, but I would say it's Holland's best performance i know i we all love him as spider-man but let's be honest it's not a uh a very challenging role i'd say in terms of acting performance he just has has that the charisma a little bit of charm and humor yeah i mean there's very rare instances where these mcu movies do bring out the craziest like depth and acting yeah and this is based not on like it doesn't happen but oh for sure this is based on like a a true based on a true story uh change the names and everything but so far i'm a fan I will be tuning on, tuning in on Friday. It is part of my six pack, which I released on our Twitter earlier uh, today. If you're listening to this, it would be uh, yesterday's tw- tweet. Uh, but after that, let's get into some Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Released uh, last week, June 2nd. A little synopsis for those not familiar for some reason. Uh, After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of Spider-People 
charged with protecting its very existence. However, when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against other spiders. Must soon redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. Uh, Lord and Miller back producing. Uh, directed by uh, the team that did Soul. Uh, Shameik Moore returns to Miles. Haley Steinfeld back as Gwen Stacy. Uh, Jake Johnson back as Peter B. Parker. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry back as Jefferson Davis. And then they add a whole slew of yeah, Daniel goaded Kaluuya actors. Daniel Kaluuya as Spider-Punk. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, Miguel O'Hara. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's playing Spot. Issa Rae as Spider-Woman. Andy Samberg as Scarlet Spider. Ben O'Reilly. Um, just an insane cast. Uh, awesome, awesome movie. Uh, yeah. So first, Vince, give me your, give me your uh, thoughts. So, like, the, the style of review that this is going to be, like, for me at least, and I, I'm sure you're feeling the same way, is, like, there's so much to talk about this movie. Yes. And I kind of just want to let it all come to me. Like, I don't have any notes or anything. I'm just going to let it talk about it as it comes to me. And I don't want to, like, break down, like, minute for minute this movie. But, dude, this movie, um, wow. I, I don't want it to be hyperbolic for me to say that I think as time goes on and I see this movie, like I, I might actually go and th- see this movie in theaters again, maybe tomorrow, you know, they have five hour Tuesdays at AMC. I don't know anything mm. going on. I might literally go see it again just because I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I think as time goes on, I might have this going down as one of my favorite movies ever. Um, does it mean it's like the best movie ever? No, it's not better than like the Godfather, but I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie, man. Mm-hmm. I gave it a five out of five on Letterboxd. If I was doing it out of, you know, a 10, it'd be a 9.9 or something. Like, exactly, I, what my, exactly what my score is, 9.9. Yeah, I loved it so much. Um, and I guess the first thing we can kind of knock off our, you know, sporadic list of what we're going to talk about is let's just talk about how it looks. Because um, that is obviously the standout thing about this movie. Not to say everything else isn't amazing, because it is, but... You thought Into the Spider-Verse had amazing mm-hmm. animation, and then this movie came and just kind of put all other animation in to shame, kind of. Like, just yes. really pushed the limits of what animation can and should be. Um, I don't even know how to first start off. Uh, I guess we could talk about all the different Spider-Man and the different animation types. You know, they kind of mm-hmm. worked with that a little bit in the, uh, in the first movie, where, you know, you had Spider-Pig, who was like a cartoon, and you know, you had noir and black and white, but it's nothing compared to just the dynamic of Spider-Punk, you know, Hobie Brown in this movie and his animation style being mm-hmm. an insane, an insanely different type from, you know, everyone else. And just the scenes of him walking through the Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, whatever, HQ, and walking past people that are in way different animations and all of that being on screen at the same time was just crazy. Yeah, um, there's something about him. They said they... Like, each part of him was animated in a different style. Like, the jacket was one way, his face was another. Something like that. It was, like, at, like, different frame rates or something, they said. Super cool. It was awesome. I mean, and then you have things like, like, just the movie, like, the regular universe, Miles' universe, everything looks great. I loved Miles' look in this, you know, looking a little bit older. I thought he Mm. looked very good. Um, And then I like that, uh, you know, you start, not to get into the plot, but you start off with Gwen, you get a look at her. And you get to look at her universe and her universe was one of the standout moments of the animation for me yeah. and a lot of people, because, you know, you heard in interviews, I believe Jake Johnson said her universe was meant to be like kind of a, like a mood ring yeah. where it's like, a, it's kind of like a watercolor painting, mm-hmm. but a, the color changes as the mood of the characters in the scene. So, you know, in the beginning, it's blue when she's sad and, you know, it turns pink when she's happy at the end and kind of reconciles with her father. Mm-hmm. Um, so the look of that was just amazing. And dude, this movie, if it did one thing, it's convinced me that every fucking superhero movie should have been an animation. Uh, I, I, I say that kind of like, you know, in jest, I love our live action MCU, but dude, you can do so much, so much in animation, especially when it's done this well, this mm-hmm. movie could never be a live action movie. There's just no. so much going on. Um, and then the last thing in animation, I guess this kind of goes along with the character as well, but uh, the spot, the villain, I thought his animation... Um, as he was really cool, pro- too. As the movie progressed, and he got... Then we can kind of use this to transition into talking about him. But as the movie went on, and he got you know more powerful, and his uh, animation style changed. You know, he went from white with black spots to black and very distorted, almost like a hand, hand drawing with mm. white spots. 
I, I mean, he was, he looked amazing. And as a character, man, he really progressed as this movie went on to become like a legitimately terrifying villain where, you know, in the beginning he's played as a joke and he kind of is a joke. And, you know, Miles kind of runs with that and, you know, calls him the villain of the week and blah, blah, blah. Uh, by the end of mm-hmm. this, he's a multiversal threat. Yes. He's going to be interesting to see what he's like next movie. He's very cool. I think they said, I think he was like an original character or something too. No, I just, I've seen. I actually forgot about a, this. There's a newer I wa- character. I watched a video about this. Uh, he appeared in an episode of Spider-Man: The Animated Series from like the late '90s. And as uh, when I saw it, I remembered. I remember that episode, but I had forgotten about him completely. But I don't think he's been really used in anything since then. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a character that had a lot of like, you know, creative space to do with you want do what you want with. Um, while we're on the topic of the villain, we can talk about like, you know, kind of his origin story and working in Alchemex and, you know, the, the, the fact that the bagel, the bagel, yeah, that was so funny. And I like that they kind of leaned into the similarity with everything everywhere all at once, because I didn't catch on to this at the time, but I did see screenshots of like a poster in the background, a billboard that said all the things, all the time, all the places with a bagel or it said something like that with a bagel. was there? yeah, and it was supposed to be a, a nod to everything, everywhere, all at okay. once. So I, thought, I thought that was really cool. Um, That's pretty awesome. Besides, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so animation looks incredible. Anything you want to add awesome. on to that? Oops, sorry, you there? Okay, I'll just keep talking for now. You got me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah, so, so the animation looks amazing. Anything you want to add on there? We can move on to something else. Uh, animation, like you were saying, it's sick. Uh, I feel bad for anything that comes after this. You know, I think Elemental comes out in a couple weeks from Disney. Yeah. Uh, so I feel horrible for them uh, because after seeing Across the Spider-Verse, you're just, you're just not going to be able to live up to I it. I think these movies are going to inspire a whole new generation of animation because, you know, generally speaking, like we already see uh, that new uh, Ninja Turtles movie that's getting ready to come out, yes. you can tell is heavily inspired by the animation mm. style of Into the Spider-Verse. It's that same um, comic book feel, yeah. Yeah, so like I hope that these movies are inspiring people. They're like, hey, like animation is a legit... Like, Let's be honest, Into the Spider-Verse should have been, but Across the Spider-Verse will be a Best Picture nominee. Yes, it, it has to 100% be. 100% should be. I'm not saying it should win or anything, but it deserves to be there. I don't care that it's animated. This is a moment where you make a statement saying, hey, animation is a fucking real respectable aspect of film. Because mm-hmm. it is. And I think that that'll inspire a whole new generation of animators to you know, start putting their heart and soul, you know, no pun intended, into mm-hmm. animation. Yeah, I think it'll be the first... Was Soul nominated for Best Picture? I don't, picture? Think, it I don't think it was. I don't... Like, I'm looking now at past years, I don't see any... What is the yeah. last animated film? To be? Has there been an animated film nominated? I'm I, I don't remember. It does not look... That, oh, Toy Story 3 in 2010. That was the last oh. last animated. This deserves it, and I have a feeling it's going to get it this time because Into the Spider-Verse should have gotten a nomination. Yes. Um. So animation, check that box off. Uh, next, we can talk a little generally about like characters. Let's talk about some of the returning characters. Obviously, first we can start with Miles. Yeah, um, Shameik Moore is awesome. Yeah, just a great character, and like I never really got into, not not by choice. I was just never a comic guy, so I didn't know much about Miles Morales because up until uh, into the Spider Verse, Miles Morales was restricted to comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, obviously, we have the movies, we have the video game now that he is a big part of. But before that, just comics. I didn't know anything about the character. But from what I've heard from people, um, he was a very uninspired character. And, you know, I'm all for inclusivity, but a lot of people's complaint was that he was just Peter Parker, but black, and mm-hmm. he didn't have his own personality. And from what I've heard from those people, like I've watched a lot of reviews of this movie, is that these movies have done a great job in making him feel distinct from Peter and be his own character. And yeah. I think that Miles in these last two movies has just been a phenomenal character. Uh, I just really, I've really become a big, big fan of this character over these last two films. Yeah, I'd argue he might be my favorite iteration of any Spider-Man so far. Yeah, he's, I mean, up, he's up there. He's you know, awesome. Peter Parker is a classic, but Miles is Miles is cool. You know, I like the subtle differences from him and Peter. Yeah. Um, I like 
I like uh, I like getting to see him. You know, not not that this is a uh, the flaw of the last movie because it just this is the way the story was told. But I like getting to see him. You know, as a uh, confident Spider Man who's been doing it for a little while, and you kind of get mm-hmm. to see him in his zone in the beginning of this movie. You know, whereas in Into the Spider Verse, he's a little clumsy he's, and he's clumsy. He's learning. He's finding his way. He just became Spider Man. So it's not a critique of that movie at all. It's just I like that we got to see a little bit of Miles truly asked Spider-Man in this movie in the beginning. His fight with the spot in the beginning was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Miles, um, you know, by the end of the movie, I really think he has taken an interesting uh, character arc. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit, you know. Um, we find out in this movie, you know, we can talk about this a little bit, a little plot, spoiler alert, in case you've gotten this far. Um, you find out that Miles is the original uh, abnormality, was it? I think that was what it's called. Yeah, right? I, think, I think that's what they called it, yeah. Um, but basically the abnormalities are, there's a whole, you get it broken down by Miguel O'Hara and he does a better job than we will. But, uh, basically they go by canon events where certain things have to happen or the universe will dissolve basically. And, mm-hmm. Um, by, we find out that Miles, um, was supposed in this universe was not supposed to be Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. we find out that the spider that bit Miles, uh, came from Earth of, 42. Yeah, Yes, and was pushed through the collider by the guy who would later become the spot by accident. Mm-hmm. And it's actually crazy because in this moment you see a uh, sketch of the spider being sucked through the portal. And you see that the spider, and we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves here. The spider was about to bite that alternate version of Miles with the braids. So mm-hmm. Miles was, was supposed to be Spider-Man in that other universe. And it's crazy going back to Into the Spider-Verse because you can see the foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. The spider that bites Miles when it first appears, it glitches out, indicating it's in the wrong universe. When Miles meets uh, that his universe is Peter Parker, their spider senses tingle at the same time. Spider-Man's he's are red and, and blue. Pur- yeah, and, and he's green and purple. Miles like the Prowler. The, the pr- yeah, and then it turns to blue and red, kind of indicating that his fate has been changed. Mm-hmm. And Miguel O'Hara, you know, states like, hey, like your universe of Spider-Man is dead because of you. Because it, it essentially insinuating that if Miles hadn't been there and interrupted him, he was going to shut down the Collider and, you know, walk away from that victorious. So uh, there's another character we could talk about a little bit. Miguel O'Hara, he clearly has disdain for Miles throughout the whole movie. You don't know why until that reveal happens at mm-hmm. about the little bit more towards the end of the movie. And it's a fantastic reveal. But. Miguel O'Hara in this movie was a fantastic addition to He's really cool. the cast. He's intimidating. Uh, his art style is very cool. I like it. The differences between him and Miles uh, from a purely animation standpoint. Um, I like his backstory, tragic. Uh, I liked his glowing webs. I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah, like the reddish, like, they kind of looked glow. like laser beams. Yeah, like a, kinda. Like a, like a kind of like a golden red glow. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, and just like getting to see like his philosophy and how serious he takes the canon events and protecting the, you know, the Spider Verse as Miles calls it, and then I forget exactly he called it some crazy, way too long name. Yeah, uh, did something crazy. Yeah, but um, Miguel was very against Miles uh, coming into the HQ the whole movie, even when they bring Gwen in, and uh, you find out later why, but. Uh, he was he was great. I mean, he wasn't necessarily the villain because you understand what he's trying to do. Yeah. But like at the same time, like I thought, I just thought it was so crazy, like that he tells Miles, like tells Miles what's going to happen, and then like they kind of expect him not to go and try to save his dad. Like, yeah. I can't imagine that all of those Spider People were put in the same position as Miles, where they knew they were yeah, no going shot. to lose their you know relative, whether it be Uncle Ben or whoever. Whether I don't, I don't think that all of them were given the choice to uh, go and stop it. Yeah, the only only one we know is uh, Gwen, who when she does go back, she uh, notices that her dad is no longer captain, um, yeah. so she doesn't have that canon event. And it just kind of goes to her. show that um, if these canon events are changed by, like, I think the thing is the only time the canon events result in destruction of the universe, it seems to be. When outside elements, like outside people from not that universe, interfere. Mm-hmm. Like, if Miles goes to his universe and changes his own fate, I don't think it would destroy the universe, as you can see with Gwen Stacy as well, because her dad, the fate was changed by mm-hmm. her, kind of. 
Yeah. So he, and the universe didn't dissolve. So it is possible. That kind of adds on to Miles, you know, his line from this movie. You know, the first movie was Leap of Faith. This movie was I'm going to do my own thing, pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great line. And, you know, he escapes and, from the spider people that were hunting him down. But, you know, we talked about, you just talked about Gwen Stacy. Uh, we actually opened the movie with her in this, this time around. Uh, she's, you know, finding her way. She's in a band and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, she is very much pushed as a co-lead of this movie. Yes. Yeah, they're definitely, they definitely should be billed that way, like a co-star type thing. She was a huge part of this. Yeah, so those characters were great. They were, like, kind of the main ones there. And then, obviously, you have Rio Morales, Jefferson Davis. Not much, not too much changes with them. They're kind of the same as they've been. But there's some great scenes, like uh, the scene of uh, Rio Morales talking to her son on the the rooftop and, you know, basically saying, you have to promise me you're always going to protect that, you know, child within you and, like, always make sure that these rooms you're in, that people know you belong there. And I've seen theories that people are taking her words there, you know, make sure you protect that little boy as kind of what Miles will go with in the next movie instead of fighting his alternate self, um, trying to guide him. Yeah. Which I think that'll be interesting to see if that comes to fruition. But like, yeah, I guess we should might as well talk about it. Uh, at the end, at the end of the movie, Miles escapes from Spider-Man 99 and the rest of the Spider HQ people. And he gets into this kind of like dimension transporter kind yeah, it's of thing. It's like a spider yeah. that'll transport you to whatever dimension you you select you or whatever. From. Whatever where yeah, it yeah whatever you DNA. originate from. Yeah, yeah. The, so it reads your DNA and sends you to your universe, but we don't find this out till a little later because it's kind of a good like twist reveal. But Miles, mm-hmm. Miles, the spider Miles bit him is not from his universe, so he's taken to the universe from which that spider originated. But anyway, before we find that out. Uh, Miles, you know, swings home and he play, he tells his mom, you know, that he's Spider-Man. And this was the first moment that I was like, what's going on here? Where she says, who's Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought maybe she genuinely didn't know at first. But then as that's happening, Gwen, um, who Miles kind of feels betrayed by because her and Peter B kind of knew what was going on with him being an anomaly. Um, she is making her way to Miles' house and he's not in the room. And it cuts to Miles, and he is in his room. So I was like, oh, my God, he is not where he thinks he is. And then, obviously, uh, Uncle Aaron walks through the door. Yep. Uncle Aaron, who yeah. is dead. Yeah, dead in his universe. Um, people did point out, um, like, new Rockstars videos, like how Miles, when he threw his jacket on in the alternate universe, it was a green and purple look as opposed to uh, black and red in his universe mm. you know, to kind of symbolize the – the pr- that he is the prowler in this universe but you don't find that out but anyway uncle aaron kind of goes along with miles even though i think he knows that that's not his yeah. miles well not not think he knows 100 percent it's not his miles he asked uh, one so, question or something and miles gave the his, wrong answer or something right yeah he also asked about his hair because yeah, he, said, yeah. Well, he said you took your braids out so anyway uncle aaron takes him uh somewhere where he is attacked by the prowler but at this point, we don't know who the Prowler is. We just get a quick look at him. Uh, and Miles wakes up tied to a punching bag, much like Peter B. Parker was tied to a punching bag in the first movie, like Miles had him. Um, and then you just find Miles kind of goes through a conversation with uh, Uncle Aaron talking about how in his universe he died. and He well, doesn't want him to be the Prowler and all that. And he's like, I'm not the Prowler. To mm-hmm. which uh, you see the Prowler come down from rafters and miles says who are you and the mask uh, mask goes away and he says i'm miles morales and i really like the little uh inflection of miles uh speaking with a little bit more of like a spanish uh accent like where he says i'm miles morales like i know i just butchered that but if if you rewatch it you'll hear it and like i think that that just goes to show that in this universe his dad died so he spent a lot more time with his mother who is spanish speaking so he must have grown to speak a little bit more like her in this universe, which I just thought was like a cool thing to add in. Yeah, he's um, voiced by uh, Jarrell Jerome, actually. It's not Shamik Moore doing both. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's going to be interesting for the next movie. Like I said, mm-hmm. to see what path we go with Miles and his former self. But the movie basically leaves off there. And, you know, on the other side of things, Gwen is assembling a team of people to well, you know, help Avengers. her rescue. Yeah. 
Uh, and in that group, you have Hobie Brown, a.k.a. Spider-Punk, who we talked Hobie's about his back. animation. We talked about his animation, but let's talk about him as a character a little bit. He's so dumb. Um, Just so an anarchist. Funny. Yeah, dumb London. anarchist, fighting fascists and listening to punk music and uh, being anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I loved the scene of him walking through the Spider HQ with uh, Miles and just picking little like pieces of tech off the wall, which he later uses to build that custom little little dimension hopper, whatever you want to call it, for to give the Gwen. Mm -hmm. That was I thought that was sick, and and just as a character, very cool. He clearly had Miles back from the beginning, even really not knowing him, kind of being very loyal to Miles. You know, mm-hmm. giving them that tip about, like, use your palm, not your fingers, and help them yeah. escape from uh, that little cell kind of thing he was in. So that was awesome. Uh, and I'm very excited to just see more of him. Daniel Kaluuya did a great uh, voice acting job there. Um, and I'm excited to see more of Hobie Brown in the next movie. He was a very yeah. interesting character. One of my I, favorite, like, new additions. I think that's the first time I've heard Kaluuya speak in his actual English accent, too. Yeah, I, th- I think that you're 100% right there. I think that's the first time. He's always playing an Americanized character. I guess Wakanda Forever was an African, but or not Wakanda Forever, first Black Panther. Yeah. In the Jordan Peele movies. Yeah. Hey, he um, killed it. And then just co- the next thing that comes to my head is we get some major cameos uh, in this movie. And obviously, yes. that goes without saying about the, uh, the Spider-Man, the variants of animation, uh, my favorite of which being uh, maybe Peter Parked Car. That was a funny one. One of the funniest jokes, you also, these are things that I didn't notice, but I see pictures of in the background uh, on Twitter, uh, the Spider-Man popsicle. Yes, I did see that one. The plushie, Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Monkey. There's uh, all kinds of shit. Spider-Saurus Rex or whatever you want to call them. They're all so funny. Um, But then there's some major live action cameos. So uh, through some of the, looking over the canon events, at all of the Uncle Ben's dying or whatever, and we get mm-hmm. glimpses of Tobey Maguire. You see Toby. Uh, we see we saw Andrew, right? Andrew Garfield. Yeah, you see Andrew Garfield multiple times with his Uncle Ben dying, with Captain uh, Stacy dying, mm-hmm. when Stacy dying. Yeah, uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man really went through a lot when you think back on it. Um, really but yeah, did. he appears a few times. Um, you also get a mention of uh, uh, Spider Man ninety nine. Miguel O'Hara says something like. Uh, you'll never believe with that Doctor Strange and that nerd on Earth 1999, which is implied that it's MCU. It's weird because in which one was it? Was a Multiverse of Madness when they said Madness, Earth yeah. 616? Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah so. Rachel McAdams said that. What so, Earth yeah, is they still the MCU? They haven't been clear on that, but that seems like a direct reference to the MCU. So yeah, I'm that's gonna what, run with that. That's what Iman Vellani, she plays Miss Marvel. She's huge Marvel nerd. She's the one who always says that she thinks MCU is Earth-19-999, as yeah. opposed to 616, so who knows? That was that was an interesting reference to get that. And then the one that got the loudest reaction from my theater and Donald from Glover? me was Donald Glover. That's Prowler. Donald Glover appeared as the Prowler in the suit in one of the cells. Mm-hmm. And that, oh my God, that got such a reaction out of me. That was crazy. Obviously, we saw him as Aaron Davis in Homecoming, mm-hmm. and he does have a mention of Miles. Um, but just to get to see him fully realized in the Prowler costume is so, so cool. cool. And it's crazy when you think about the fact that my, uh, Donald Glover is maybe the reason that these movies even exist. Even yeah, the reason that I didn't Miles know any Miles of that. Character exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, when he was on Community, uh, one of my personal favorite sitcoms of all time, he wore a Spider-Man shirt in an episode, uh, which led the comic book writers to be like, hey, maybe we should make... Uh, a black Spider-Man. Yeah, I do that believe became... he also expressed interest in playing a black Spider-Man. Yeah, and I think he voiced a Spider-Man in one of the animated shows I think I read. Okay. Um, yeah, but, yeah, he's a huge deal, and he essentially is, you know, the inspiration for Miles Morales, which is really it's one cool. of those. It's one of those crazy butterfly effects. Like, you see, like, him wearing that shirt on Community kind of led to this yeah. movie. Yeah, and apparently in Into the Spider-Verse, I, I saw, there, like, in the background of something, there wasn't that episode of Community with Donald yes. Glover in the background wearing that shirt. Yes, yeah, someone was watching I forgot about that. that. Yeah. Which I um, love also, because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. 
funny reference, like speaking of like a TV in the background, uh, Miles College or not college, Miles High School roommate Genki was yes. playing. He was playing the PS4 Insomniac video game. Spider-Man too. Yeah, that that was very funny. I also liked it in this movie. He kind of took a little more of like like making the guy in the chair jokes, kind of like Ned. Mm-hmm. I that was kind of funny. Um, trying to think of some other things in this movie. You got anything that comes off the jump off the top of your mind? I wanted to talk about the soundtrack and music a little bit. Oh, yes, yes. So, on my end, I think Across the Spider-Verse has the better score, but I a worse soundtrack. I, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with what you're talking here. So, this one doesn't... Like, the Spider-Gwen theme was awesome, like, early in the beginning, whenever that Spider-Man popped up. 99, um, Spider-Man 99? Yeah, Spider-Man 99 had a cool one. The score when they were in... Um, Moon Batten, the Spider-Man India, Mumbai, Manhattan crossover yeah. was cool. The Spots um, team? Yes, he was solid. But they just, Haunted. like, score-wise was awesome. But then the soundtrack, they just didn't have that hit. Like, Into the Spider-Verse had Sunflower. Um, they had Hyde. They had What's Up Danger. This soundtrack just didn't really have that. Like I like off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you one of these Metro Boomin songs that he produced for this soundtrack. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be honest. I I actually I agree with what you're saying, but I am a huge fan of the soundtrack in this movie as well. I've said the okay. first one more. Um, I listened to it the night that the soundtrack came out, which was um, the Friday. I didn't. I hadn't seen the movie yet, but I liked it when it came out. I was like, okay, this is good. After mm-hmm. seeing the movie, it really enhanced the album for me. Like, I love the uh, Coy Ray song, uh, Self Love, which is played through, I believe, one of Gwen's scenes. Okay. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the ASAP Rocky song, Am I Dreaming, that's played over the end credits. I thought that okay. was great. I, I, I really do like the soundtrack, but you're right. It doesn't hit the highs of uh, Sunflower or What's Up Danger. You're, you're, mm. It's 100% correct there. But I definitely really like it. Uh, so it's just kind of relative to the other one. It's worse. But score-wise, yeah. I mean, from the first movie, the standout for me, obviously, I think the standout for everybody is the Prowler theme. Um, and yeah. the Spider-Man 2099's theme is kind of similar to it, but I just think the score here was just a little bit better. But throughout mm. both movies, I mean, they've both been amazing musically from oh, the yeah. score and soundtrack perspective. Yeah, the first one just had, the soundtrack was just legendary. Like, when it comes, like, it's like Sunflower, an all-time, it's just like an all-time one, movie soundtrack in general. Sun, Sunflower is one of the most streamed songs of all time. Yeah. Hide, Juice World was awesome. Yeah. What's Up Danger played during the Leap of Faith scene, so it automatically is, you know, incredible. Yeah, I mean, What's uh, Up Danger is the best, is one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. Yes, it's up there. Very, very high up there. Um... Just another random thing like about the animation here is like it's kind of funny how in both of these movies you can almost take any random freeze frame and it could be a poster. Like yeah, it's it's just they don't waste any frame in these movies. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's so cool. I mean, you can tell they it took literally four years for them to do all of it, and I think Hobie Brown took up like the majority of that time. Like they wanted to get that right to be perfect and look so different that we saw which is why it's going to be interesting for next movie like to see i'm sure it's going to get pushed back a little bit i just have that yeah, feeling i think a definitely lot of people will. do uh, it's slated for march of 2024 which is well under a year yeah so i could we'll, see it going back to like like june maybe yeah, even 2025 which, which i'm okay with i'm hoping it comes out next year but like it wouldn't be the worst thing we waited four years for this movie so yeah i want it to be perfect because let's let's honestly let's be candid here if the next movie like for I think me and you have the same ratings for the first two. We both have five out of fives for both of them. Yes. Correct. Um, I don't know what it is at a ten for you, but they're both like nine point nines or ten. Yeah, 10 I have me. I have around around or across the Spider Verse at a nine point nine out of ten, and into the Spider Verse nine point eight. Okay, so yeah, you fall on the on the scale of liking uh across more. Yeah. I think I'm there with slightly. You. I want to. I, I did rewatch Into the Spider-Verse, I think, uh, Saturday, and my God, it's just such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, I do want to get to rewatch this one again, but I think right now, yeah, I'm with you. I like this one more, uh, just by a little bit. It's like, a, like you said, it would be like a 9.8, 9.9 type of deal. Yeah. Um, but it, let's, be, let's be honest here. If this next movie is even a four and a half out of five, we're talking about one of the greatest trilogies in movie history. Yeah, so I, nothing will ever top Lord of the Rings for me. They're all 10 out of 10 for me. yes. Um, but then after that, you know, 
I guess. I'm talking Dark, The Dark Knight. I'd probably go maybe Star Wars Original Trilogy. Yeah. Then Dark Knight, I think, would probably round out my top three. Then after that, I think, you know, I'd if the third Spider-Verse movie lands, like, 9.5, even just, like, 9.5 plus, that is easily my number four. It has the potential to go to three. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think if... If the next Spider Verse, it could be even two. I, I would say I think I think I would put it above uh, Star Wars and yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy because it's the Dark Knight, like if, if again we're assuming, let's assume this movie. I have no reason to assume this next movie won't be on par with these two. Mm-hmm. So if it is, that makes three five out of fives. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy is great. That the Dark Knight is a five out of five, one of the best films of all time. Yeah, but and dark, the, the other two movies are also great, but they aren't five out of fives. Yeah, I have them um, both uh, four and a half out of five. I think like Dark Knight Rises probably like they're both like low nines, nine point threes yeah, in that area. They're they're floating around four and four and a half for me. So mm. I think this would be above that. And then as far as Star Wars goes, um, I think that I would maybe put this even above that because Return of the Jedi is a little weaker than the first two. But like it, all, all it needs to be said is it's up there with those. Um, yeah. Will it be better than Lord of the Rings? I don't have the same attachment to Lord of the Rings as you do, but I still acknowledge they're all like nine point five or tens out of tens for me. Um, but it, I still think that might be the best trilogy ever. Yeah, it's up there. But Into the Spider Verse is going to be up there. It's going to be talked about as one of the greatest trilogies in film history, which is so crazy to think about. Like just a couple years, if you would have told me. A couple years ago, when I was watching the initial trailer for Into the Spider Verse, that this is how legendary these movies would become. I would never That's believe you. Slap you across the face and call you crazy. I lock, never lock you up in a loony bin. I never knew what to expect watching that uh, first Into the Spider Verse trailer. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see what this is all about. And you know, here we are now talking about how this is going to be one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, 9.9 out of 10. That that lands at my number 20 movie of all time, uh, right behind The Dark Knight, uh, right ahead of Toy Story, Arrival, Sicario. Uh, it's my number one movie of 2023. Uh, second is John Wick Chapter 4, still at a 9.5. Uh, yeah. That would make it my number two comic book film of all time after The Dark Knight. Uh, number one animated movie. Like, this movie's special. Yeah. This and is a I, special, special movie. A lot of people were, you know, reacting about the Letterboxd score, because it's, I think right now it's the highest rated movie on Letterboxd ever. Yeah. And so I want to say, like, people were like, oh, you're telling me Across the Spider-Verse is better than The Godfather? It's like, no, but, like, it's more, more people probably like that movie than like The Godfather. Which yeah. is a weird, it's a weird thing to say, but think about it. It's easily accessible. It's a superhero film. Mm-hmm. It, you know, kids and everything with it being animated, like it's more accessible. It doesn't it's make not it a better three hours movie. long. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it a better movie, but it just means more people enjoy it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, I think it was yeah. like I think it's the number one movie, but there's like a few documentaries above it. Last time I checked, it was like in like the eight slot, but there were like seven documentaries above it or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it was I mean, awesome. it's like it's such a good movie. I, I'm probably gonna see it again this week. I, I would really like to if I have the opportunity. Um, I, I just can't speak enough to how much respect I have for all the people who made this movie and all the love and care they clearly put into it. And like this movie could have easily become a jumbled mess of cameos relying on nothing but those cameos. But yeah. it, I mean, dude, it really didn't. All those cameos, all those Spider-Man you see in the HQ. They serve as nice, like, oh, look, there's no spectacular Spider-Man, or there's Insomniac Spider-Man, or there's, you know, Andrew Garfield in the background, and there's Donald Glover as Prowler. Like, they're all, they all have these, like, you know, five seconds, ten seconds to take in, and you're moving on. But, like, at the heart of this movie, it would have been just as good without all of those cameos. The Mm -hmm. heart of this story, the story about, you know, what it means to be Spider-Man, and it asks the question, would Spider-Man want to be Spider-Man if he knew all the trauma he would have to endure from being Spider-Man. You know, you're giving this kid the option to essentially go save his dad. 
and just the family issues in this movie between Miles' family drama and Gwen's family drama. Like, that's the shit that drives this movie and the characters. And, like, I'm talking, like, the main characters. Like, they're all so strong and so relatable in so many ways that, like, it just, it could have so easily, like I said, become a jumbled mess of cameos for cameo's sake. But I have so much respect for these filmmakers because it didn't become that at all. Yeah. Really stood on its own. Really, really good, yes. Just a great movie, and you know, I I will go see it again, and I'll have a great yeah. time, and I'll one day buy it on uh, DVD, hopefully. Yeah, definitely you pencil know. that in as my number one most anticipated film of 2024 as it stands. I also uh, one one thing I want to buy is that the, like they're selling uh like book a book uh, the art the art one movie. I did see that I I very much want to buy that. I, I also considered it. I don't know. I have to look at it. It's only like 24 bucks. I think they were having a sale on it. I might have to cop that. Yeah, that could be a move. Because the could art of this movie is just unreal. And while we're talking about different animation styles, real quick, going back to the very beginning of the movie, the the like Italian Renaissance version of the Vulture was so funny. That was really cool. Played by, um, voiced by Jorma Tacone from uh, Lonely Island. Okay. Very funny. Very funny. That was, a, yeah, that was a funny cameo. Um, oh. Yeah, but I mean, that's all I got to say about this. Uh, the next piece of Miles Morales content we'll get, Mike, you know, being... Uh, PlayStation players will be Spider-Man 2 Insomniac's game, which I have such high expectations mm-hmm. and hopes for. It looks like it's going to be amazing based off the gameplay they've put out. So yes. we'll get more Miles Morales content very soon. But uh, yeah, as far as Across the Spider-Verse goes, my number one movie of 2023 also. I've seen a lot less movies than you, but it's up there. And I, uh, yeah, it's great. Today I watched my 53rd movie of 2023 after watching that Shooting Stars. Uh, and this ranks number one out of those 53. Um, but just a little, a couple more facts about this movie, some stats. It already passed the worldwide gross of Into the Spider-Verse. It's, uh, I think it's around like $380 million worldwide right now. Uh, like you said, like that's, that's, that's because, insane. Like, it's just, I feel like when Into the Spider-Verse came out, uh, me included, but I still saw it anyway, being a huge Spider-Man nerd, uh, mm-hmm. people probably didn't know what to expect. So a lot of people yeah. might not have gone and seen it in the theaters, like maybe just thinking it's just a kid's movie or whatever. That's not to say it didn't do well at the box office, but... I could see a lot of people that thought maybe it's just a kid's movie because they had that stereotype about animation. They didn't see it in the theaters, and then they heard the overwhelmingly positive reception, and they saw it on you know, Blu-ray or on demand or stream mm-hmm. or whatever. Whereas this movie, everyone knew how good that movie was, so they knew to go see it. Yeah, it's doing some numbies at the box office right now. As it uh, should, man. Yeah. Get some respect on animation. Loved by critics and audiences alike. Uh, last time I checked, I think it was like 90s score 95 percent audience which is insane yeah insane. very very good that's um, all i got about yeah this. just excited to see uh uh beyond the spider-verse in 2024 we're gonna get john mulaney back uh nick cage uh we saw uh, spider-man we saw spider-man noir in that little team up at the end yes i'm so excited that uh, be back. who else did we, we saw kimiko glenn back as penny parker the one with the mecca japanese the one team. Uh, Spider Punk, so Daniel Kalu will be back, and then Spider Man India, uh, Karam Sony, the yeah, the cab driver from Deadpool. So those His world was they very were, cool as well. I don't know if Moon, I said that. Moon Batten was super super cool. That was also, an awesome like, little, little thing. I liked getting to see uh, Mayday Parker, uh, Peter B's daughter. Yes, they'll be back as well. Jake Johnson and Mayday will be back. So nice little yeah, nice little team they had. They bring back the the OGs from Into the Spider Verse. Add, add a couple from Across the Spider Verse. I can't wait, dude. I cannot wait. Yeah, I, it'll, it's gonna be one of my. It's gonna be maybe my most anticipated movie for next year. Yeah. So that's all I got here, Mike. You got anything else? Uh, I'll just touch on my six pack real quick. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it's becoming more of like what I've been watching recently. Uh, so for the third week straight, I have Silo on there. Silo is my favorite show on TV right now. Uh, probably my number, th- probably my number three show of 2023. I'd say behind um, the Last of Us and Succession. So in that top three, pretty high praise. Yeah, we have uh, a we have a, a friend that went to Roman and graduated with Aiden Meisler. He told me he actually got into Shiloh because of your recommendation. So he really, loves it. yeah, I he do said love he loves that. it. I saw him uh, about two weeks ago. He said he watched it uh, based off the recommendation on our podcast, and he said he loves it. Such a banger. Uh, I think it's seven episodes in now, or this week is going to be seven. Very good. 
this is a very Apple TV Plus uh, driven six pack for me. Uh, earlier yeah, I yeah, mentioned, you said they haven't missed. Yeah, earlier I mentioned the Crowded Room, the Tom Holland, Amanda Seyfried psychological thriller based on a true story. Uh, after that, Platonic. It's the new Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, little comedy. Also on Apple TV. Uh, they they're teaming up again after Neighbors. I find it very funny, nice, lighthearted comedy. A uh, couple new 2023 movies. Uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, um, from the director of The Edge of Seventeen. Uh, the main, the lead actress is she played younger Cassie Lang in the first two Ant Mans. Um, and Rachel McAdams, Benny Safdie, and Kathy Bates all have. They all guest star. Uh, Blackberry. Uh, Blackberry starring Glenn Howerton and Jay Baruchel as the founders of the phone Blackberry. It's the year of brand movies, and this is the best of the bunch. Uh, both of them currently land in my... Honestly, I think they're all in my top seven. Yeah, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret at seven, and Blackberry at uh, number six in my... 23, 23 rankings, and my final movie of my six-pack was Attack the Block, a 2011 sci-fi movie starring John Boyega. It's a little alien invasion taking place in uh, an area of London, and John Boyega is like a leader of like a teen gang to fight these aliens. Pretty funny, pretty solid. Finally got to I'm it. A, Big fan. I definitely want to check out Blackberry. Blackberry is really good. Um, as a uh, we are pirates. We do love pirating movies. It is currently on soap today. It's probably it's probably on streaming on like digital and you can rent it Noted. on Prime or whatever. But I did watch it on soap today. Don't tell the authorities. Uh, but that Attack the Block is streaming for free on Prime Video as well. If you're into sci-fi. Big fan. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening. So check out all of Mike's recommendations. You know, he's the go-to guy for that. Someone and, please uh, watch Silo. I need someone to talk about it. <laughs> I am going to check it out very soon since like the idol is a joke. Um, I'm showing my girlfriend breaking bad for the first time, which is a great, uh, great road to start down. But uh, thank you guys for listening. You know, like I said, go check out all Mike's recommendations Uh, for whatever reason. If you listen to our podcast and didn't watch into the across Spider-Verse yet, do it. it. Go now. Um, And you know what? If you did go see it again, support. Why not? Go for it. Uh, But we'll talk to you guys next week. And uh, we appreciate you listening. See us. See ya.